0: Good morning, my name is Derek Prince. You guys probably know my wonderful wife, Hope. We also have three children Laughlin, Parks, and Lane. I first started going to New Community back in 2007 2008 while I was a student at Whitworth, but it was fairly inconsistent for me at the time. And then when Hope and I were dating and we moved back to Spokane, uh, we started going to New Community and again in 2012 we got connected with a small group and really kind of just dove in and made new community our main church community and it's been great ever since well i hope you guys enjoy today's sunday gathering Loving God, we gather as one community, yet we come with unique stories and lives. This week, some of us are struggling while some of us are thriving, and yet we are here to listen to you Entreat us to let go of our past, that we may orient ourselves toward you and live from a place of faith and grace. Faithful Father, call out our fear, hatred, and anger, and forgive us our sins against our friends, our neighbors, and our loved ones. Help us set aside our self-pity and pride and restore us to be a humble and more receptive people to your healing. May we learn to see you more clearly and better reflect your love to our city, to each other, and for our world. We pray in the name of
1: God, the Eternal One, of Christ, the Risen King, and of the Holy Spirit, our breath. Amen. We invite you to hear from the reading of John, chapter 1, verses 1-5. through Thanks be to God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen.
2: Good morning, new community, or good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you are tuning in to listen to this particular podcast. Uh, We have an exciting morning for you, an exciting podcast, in part because, whether you knew it or not, we are ending this week. And wrapping up the Practicing the Presence of God series. Uh, We're excited. We'll also uh, at the end of this announce what we're going to be doing over the next five weeks in another shorter series before heading into a series in the fall. Um, But this week is the last week of practicing the presence of God. Uh, We hope that you have found this series to be uh, motivating, encouraging, challenging uh, during these unique times. And uh, I know that personally, this uh, particular uh, focus for us as a community has been one that has drawn me closer to God. It's uh, invited me to pursue some things differently, to reimagine ways to connect to God. And uh, if you remember way back in the beginning, we started this series with this idea of uh, focusing on being connected to God and use the illustration of the vine and the branches We talked about this idea that we're to be rooted, connected, deeply um, relating to God. And then we really focused on a particular passage in Philippians chapter 4 verse 9 that says something along the lines of these things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul speaking. says, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. It's this very idea that if we want to experience and sense the presence of God, and if we want that to be more clear in our lives than ever before, that there are certain things, what Paul is suggesting, there are certain things that we need to practice. And he specifically says the things that we're to practice are the things that we have learned and received and heard and seen in him or in other people of faith. And so over the last uh, several weeks, we have talked about subjects like gratitude, and uh, finding God in the questions, being a person of discipline or spiritual discipline, so engaging in certain disciplines and abstaining from others. We talked about generosity or being uh, people who are unhurried. Uh, We even talked about how to be people of biblical justice and what it looks like to engage in some of the things going on in our society. We Uh, imagined and wondered what it would look like to pursue God in story Um, and then we considered things like a theology of work and embodiment all of these uh, are motivating us to pursue Christ more it's not motivating us to just be better Christians or just to live a better life all of these things that we have suggested the things that we have learned and received and heard and seen We want to practice these things so that the God of peace will be with us. And today, we want to wrap up our time by uh, kind of piggybacking off of last week. Last week, we talked about meeting God in the questions rather than just the answers. And sometimes questions can be motivating and challenging and can cause us to look at the world a little bit differently. This morning, uh, Kevin, Julie, and I uh, will ask ourselves a series of questions Um, about this series and kind of use those questions to wrap up and uh, tease out how we're continuing and how our community is continuing to practice the presence of God. So, let's jump in. Um, Kevin, Julie, what are one or two ideas from practicing the presence of God series that have been the most impactful to you? or have brought about the most change in your life?
0: Yeah, there's been a number of ideas uh, that I have found to be really challenging uh, over the course of uh, the last few months. But there's one uh, kind of moment uh, that really sticks out to me as um, a, uh, maybe I would say a profound moment or a moment that was um, both encouraging and very challenging. And it was our Good Friday service. And we had that um, kind of guided Good Friday um, contemplative service that we were able to do. And our small group all participated together and uh, via Zoom. And I think honestly, it was one of the first, if not the first, Good Friday service that I just uh, was a participant in and did not help lead in any fashion. And Grace and I uh, sat out on our back porch and uh, followed along with the prompts and took the times of silence and, uh, and read the scripture uh, along again with the prompts. And it was this moment that I realized um, like firsthand and in real time that because my job uh, is such that I am uh, oftentimes leading services, that I don't really participate and don't really um, sit and uh, am present in those moments. And so that Good Friday service was in, in a lot of ways kind of a wake up call to me that um, my, my values of efficiency and values of wanting to uh, work hard and Uh, and focus in on my job have been, uh, in a lot of ways, a deterrent from uh, these moments where I could actually be a participant and be a learner and be somebody uh, that is practicing the presence in those moments. And it doesn't just have to be uh, service-oriented. I think that goes across many ways. Um, and so that to me was, a, um, was kind of a watershed moment and a wake-up call uh, for me to uh, slow down and for me to actually um, not always try to work for God, but uh, just try to be present in those times.
3: Uh, I think there have been two that have really stuck out to me. Um, the conversation, Kevin, I, actually that you and I had on being unhurried and what that means and how when you can stop long enough, you can actually experience the presence of God um, was really impactful and convicting for me. And I don't think I realized uh, how hurried I was and this idea that it, it's not just busyness, but it's the hurriedness of the spirit. I found myself during this time feeling the need to be hurried um, and feeling like I've missed that because for some reason I associate that with value, I think in some ways. Um, And I feel like that has, that spirit of being hurried has uh, hindered my relationship with the Lord and hindered my experience. Ability to experience the Lord. And so, in this time, as I have in some ways been forced to be less busy, I've recognized that I've still sought to be hurried and have really tried to become unhurried in my spirit. And as I've done that, I have experienced the presence of God more um, and just being. And I have continued to ask myself once this is all over what am I going to hurry back to and what is our family going to hurry back to and what things are worth letting go of, um, which has been good. And I, it's been really good for me and for us as a family as well. Um, and then the second uh, conversation that I think really was impactful for me uh, it was Russ's talk on justice and r- racial reconciliation. And I think it is paired with this idea of learning And this idea that learning is a way for me to experience the presence of God as well. And specifically, learning about race and uh, what my role is in this larger conversation. And um, I have been reading a lot of books and widened my, uh, I guess, widened my community of proximity. Um, A lot of that has been through social media or other avenues like that, but who am I following? Who am I listening to? What voices am I hearing? And uh, what voices have I not heard in my life in the past? Um, And it's been really challenging, but this idea rests when you were talking about that following Jesus is seeking justice um, as well, or that seeking justice is a part of following Jesus, I guess maybe is a better way to say it and the importance of that. And I've always felt that, uh, but this, Just during this time, it has been very convicting and moving for me and experience the presence of God and pairing that with seeing the hurt that people are experiencing and the healing that Jesus brings to people as well.
2: And Julie, I've uh, loved that you have um, been a rallying voice for us to continue to learn as a staff on that and uh, even though over the last several years uh, we have done readings and learnings and interviews and interacted with people on topics like race and inclusion um, we're continuing to do that as a staff and you're spearheading a lot of that and so i'm grateful for that as well um if you'd be so kind as to let me throw one in the mix as well even though i asked the question um this okay, all right. I will uh, use this wisely then. Um, so I think the two that resonated with me, and probably just because of the season we're in, was the interview with Kent, where Kevin you interviewed Kent on this idea of wonder and imagination, and then where I had the opportunity to interview Travis on the idea of question asking and God meeting us and the questions. I think this season has allowed. Um, well, it naturally brings about more questions, right? You begin to go, what is the world gonna look like? Uh, How is this affecting people? And you begin to ask a lot of fundamental questions about life in general. And so being able to wonder and imagine about how people in the scriptures experience things that were profoundly new for them that they never experienced in the history of the world before is very reassuring then when you're in a situation that you've personally never experienced before to be able to go oh this isn't a new thing we've been doing this as humanity for all of time and there are some pretty good lessons tethered into the text that can reveal to us ways that we're supposed to approach the world or the situation or how to approach it with dependence on god So as you read the Bible with wonder and imagination, more of that comes to life. And so I think over the last couple months, more of that has come into life for me than even ever before. And being not afraid to ask questions. If God is a God who frequently asks questions of us, and then when he's asked questions, answers with questions, then it's pretty clear he's comfortable with the idea of us asking questions or us wondering about something and so this season uh i think has just allowed me to lean into that even more and uh, i found those two to be really just encouraging me to
0: continue on that journey It's good um <clears throat> i can remember uh on i believe it was March 15th, when we officially said we're no longer uh, going to have Sunday services. And uh, at that point, we were operating kind of under the pretense that this is going to be a couple of weeks. And then we will be uh, <laughs> back into a regular rhythm. Um, and I can remember some of those conversations and how we might need to pivot uh, our our Sunday offerings and, and so forth. And here we are. How many months is this now? Four four months or five months or whatever it is, and staring maybe a a couple more months uh, of this new reality, I think the Practicing the Presence series has been uh, a really good series for this time. But my question to you both is, how has your own Practicing the Presence journey evolved as this season has uh, elongated or become much longer than maybe what we and uh, as a as a team originally thought. Um, so
2: I, I think early on, um, I sought to try to keep as many rhythms as I uh, currently had in life. So keep your schedule as similar as possible in part because I anticipated it being a shorter, quote-unquote, lockdown. Um, The more that we've uh, talked about different topics of ways to practice the presence of God, it is. I think I've experienced more of a freedom to say that some of the traditional habits or ways that I practice uh, experiencing God, that this could be a season to experiment more, to... Um, instead of um, having a succinct Bible reading time where it's like well I've got time between this thing and this thing and you know um, maybe if I get up a little earlier I can elongate that a little bit or I could instead of um, just reading scripture sitting by a chair or something I could go on a, a hike and be in nature and walk along the river and go on a bike ride and and use those times as moments to pray and to connect with God that I probably traditionally, um, to kind of separate in things. So like I'll, I'll go, okay, this is my time for this. And this is my time for that. And being able to have a little bit more space. Uh, so there's been more like, evening walks and conversations with Shannon and times where we're wrestling with faith and talking about what it looks like to raise kids in this season. And those have been meaningful times where we've been able to, um, like this next week, I'm going to take three vacation days and go backpacking. And it's a chance for me to say that I experience God when I'm in nature and it helps me to realize like, in the grand scheme of things, how small I am compared to the vast enormity of creation. And those are really healing and helpful times. And so this season has allowed me maybe to lean into some of that stuff a little bit more. Um, and I've found that encouraging and that has grown as this season has
0: elongated. Russ, I think, uh, my experience is maybe somewhat similar. Um, So again, like from a uh, historical perspective, uh, it was we're going to be closed for two weeks and then it was a third week and then it was uh, six more weeks and then this is ongoing. And it was like mid-April that I finally took a deep breath and thought um, there there is no volume of work that I can do to move this process any faster or to get through this time uh, uh, more unscathed. And it was at that point that I took a deep breath uh, and just kind of opened my hands and said, okay, Lord, you you are going to do what you're going to do in the midst of this. And I think what that has allowed me to do um, is practice the presence more uh, kind of in the midst of my role as a husband and my role as a dad. And um, it's given me this really unique time to be more present in those places because we're all kind of, you know, living together day to day, uh, whereas typically we'd be gone for the day, uh, or at least I'd be gone for most of the day. And so uh, it, it has been a really, um, I think we will look back on this and say a really uh, wonderful, sweet time in a lot of ways. Certainly, this has also been a devastating time in other ways, but just for uh, the time spent with family that I have been able to um, play more Legos with my kids and read more with my kids and be more present with them and more bike rides and more uh, running football routes (laughs) in the front yard and doing... These really fun things in the middle of the day where um, whereas I I have not had that time in in a long time. And it's uh, it's interesting now that, um, you know, a a little bit of regularity has come back and there are things that are open. And so I am more gone uh, from the house now than I was maybe in that like, you know, April, May time frame. And my kids ask me every day, dad, do you have to go to work today? And, uh, and there are days where I am gone, but there are also days still because we're in this reality where I am able to say no, and I'm here. And so I can take some time right now and go and be with you. And I've seen, uh, I have felt the presence of the Lord, uh, in those, uh, really wonderful moments with my family. And it's, uh, I'm very, very thankful for that.
2: It's Awesome. Uh, Shifting gears a little bit from that, each of us, uh, as we've been living in this moment, um, and all of you that are listening, there are probably habits or practices that have come up in your life that you have naturally seen that have either drawn you toward or away from Christ. So, what are some habits this season that have kept you from sensing the presence of God? And I'm not talking about habits in, in the terms of like, spiritual disciplines, but more or less just habits of life, and what are habits that have drawn you closer to God during this season?
3: Um, Well, Russ, I know you just said you're not (laughs) talking about spiritual discipline habits, but (laughs) one of the things... I mean, you can include that for sure. Okay. Uh, One of the things that I have noticed in my life during this time is that I have felt this need to produce something like to finish quarantine or finish isolation, COVID, whatever it is, and have learned a new language or mastered something or that coming? <laughs> it's not, it's not coming. Oh, that? that's okay. part of my point is uh, <laughs> I feel like this pressure that I don't want to look back on this and feel like I've wasted this in some way. And again, it probably goes with my natural, what I was sharing earlier about being hurried in my spirit or not. Um, or being unhurried. And what I have found is that seeking the, seeking the idea of production is a habit that I have in my life and is a habit that I have continued even in this time. Um, and it has kept me from experiencing the presence of God or experiencing the people who are right in front of me because, uh, The person that, something that's always been important to me is uh, going and doing and reaching out to people. And I've always said, you're on mission wherever you're at. You're talking to the moms on the soccer team. You're just, you're doing and you're finding and you're seeking. Well, when all of those other things have been taken away because of COVID, um, it has left us with just our family in a lot of ways, which is really beautiful. And Kevin, I echo what you were saying about the time spent with family. But it has also been something that I'm like, okay, well, as a family, we've got to do these big, we got to go on a hike, we got to use this time to do this stuff, I mean, to experience God in these big ways, or are my kids going to know, have memorized the Bible when we're done with this? I mean, those are extreme. That's not really what we're seeking to do. But it I has will been... say
0: my kids have memorized the entire Bible. <laughs> it's just, it's a different way that I um, help to bring leadership to my family, Julie, but that's fine. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry.
3: Oh, good, good. Well, I'll have my kids come to your kids and ask them <laughs> yeah. when they answer questions. Yeah. Uh, all that said, I I don't even know if this fully answers your question, or else, but the habit of seeking production or seeking something big or important during this time has been something that has kept me from experiencing the presence of God. And it makes total sense. Yeah. Until I can let go of that and say. No, the whole point is just to breathe and to be here and to experience the presence of God in the day to day.
0: Julie, so mine is um, somewhat similar. I uh, set a goal to uh, become a podcast person. Uh, I was not a a, a podcast listener. Oh, you mean,
3: I thought you were saying uh, make a new podcast. Oh, I was like, you're doing it right now, Kev, good job.
0: No, uh, I'm not sure I'd have many followers or listeners or whatever they're (laughs) called. Um, No, to like uh, learn more. And uh, I've never been somebody that listened to podcasts. And so I thought, what a great opportunity. I'm going to fill all of my extra time with listening to things and growing and learning and uh, it wasn't until um, you and I did that unhurried podcast of, of six weeks ago or whenever that was that I realized, um, not only uh, do I need quiet, and am I a person that needs quiet in my life? And I talked about, you know, being in one house with all your kids, there hasn't been as much time for quiet, but I was also, Kind of sabotaging myself <clears throat> in the fact that when I did have moments of quiet, I felt this need to listen to a podcast and learn whatever, you know. And I was just filling my life with, um, although maybe good, un, uh, unneeded noise at that part. So uh, I think one of the, if just to give the short answer, one of the habits that has not been helpful is learning. <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> counterintuitive because that's one of our uh, seven core values. But there, there is a level of just too much, right? You can fill your life with too much stuff. And for me, it was this, uh, this like incessant need to finalize a goal of I'm going to listen to a lot of podcasts and become a much better person on the other end of this. And at some point, I just needed to say, I'm, I'm not going to do podcasts anymore or to the level that I have and just give myself – those moments of quiet because it's in those moments of quiet for the way that I'm wired that I actually practice the presence, that I feel God, that I connect, and uh, that I can be uh, in, in that moment uh, with the presence of God. And so uh, by speaking to that and then kind of uh, in self-reflection realizing that I was uh, you know, adding all this craziness to my life, then I was able to let go of some of those things and reestablish some, uh, some healthier habits and better patterns.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point because one of the habits that I have fallen into is Instagram or things like that where you're constantly, you, we just have the time. Mm-hmm. In some ways, we have the yeah. time to to just scroll or to look up news articles or to, I mean, the habit of getting information yeah. um, has just sucked time yeah. as well. So I think that is another one that has definitely uh taken away from my experiencing the presence of God is mm. filling time. So I think that's a really great point, Kevin. Mm.
2: Oh, can I echo that? Um it's in, it's important for us to also remember if you're listening that you might be loving podcasts right now and it's the best thing that is teaching you and growing you and causing you to learn and ask more questions. But we all experience learning differently. And so as long as we're continuing the pursuit, as long as we're continuing to engage in habits that are drawing us closer, then I think we're heading in the right direction. Yep. Um, and it, any habit can be overdone and any habit can be underdone. And if we can seek balance in the midst of that, I think we're in a better place as well.
0: Russ, I mean, we talked a lot about that idea of balance during the disciplines one, too, if you remember. We did. Yeah. yeah. It's a both and, always. Yeah. Russ, any uh, any habits that you would uh, add to?
2: Um, I think the one I've mentioned to you guys in the past, uh, even before we were preparing for this, is that, um, that bad habits can unintentionally kind of creep their way in uh, when circumstances change. So pre-COVID, there were a lot of 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. meetings, and that's a pretty consistent rhythm and one that I enjoy and don't mind at all. But I found that as I was setting up Zoom calls or interacting with people, um, most of the time I would text them and go, hey, what, what works well for you with your schedule? And it used to be like, well, I've got to get the meeting in before I get to the office by eight or whatever. And most people that I've been Zooming are like, hey, if we could just set that up around eight or nine, that would be fantastic, you know. And so I found myself going, wow, OK. Um, and I probably am more of like a night owl by um, by choice, probably. Like it's just more natural for me. Um, and so... I found that I've been staying up later and uh, later and later because there's less of a 6 a.m. deadline to be up for, you know. Um, And so that has at times caused me to wake up more groggy than I have been in the past, which tends to make me a little bit more um, uh, emotionally uh, edgy. And so I'm probably less patient at times with my family, or uh, I'm a little more sarcastic and cynical, or I find ways that I don't um, live into the kindness that I'm probably trying to uh, exhibit. And so it's a simple one, but I think some of the daily habits you engage in or don't engage in actually set you up for success in experiencing uh, God, or subtly move you away from and even though we don't necessarily talk about your bedtime or the time you wake up as a spiritual thing um i do think those things as small and as simple as that can actually move you closer or further away
0: from uh truly sensing god um maybe kind of in line with this, or, or maybe it's a, a little bit of a, a shifting of gears but um what this whole series is kind of based on the pretense that in practicing the presence, uh, you will experience peace, right? There will be this uh, connectedness and this peace that you will experience. Um, I think we would, we would really miss uh, the target if we didn't give some space to talk about the moments where there was not peace during this quarantine, because For us individually and for, I'm guessing, everybody that's uh, listening and all the people beyond that are not listening, there have been moments where there has not been peace during this time. This is an unprecedented time. Uh, There is a a ton of uncertainty, and oftentimes um, that brings with it this uh, lack of peace or lack of shalom in our own lives. So um, if you will indulge me in this question... um, have have you guys experienced uh during this season of quarantine a time where you have really questioned uh or a time where you have struggled with the immensity of this situation
3: uh yeah i i can remember one moment and uh disclaimer this has to do with my kids i there was one moment where one of my kids in particular was just in tears and was like, mom, when is this going to end? And at that point it was, uh, we were starting summer and it was supposed to be over (laughs) already. And it was kind of this unknown of, I, I don't know. And, um, and I think I've seen it. I, I, I don't know. I just have seen the effect that it has had on not just my kids, but us, socially and, um, this idea of just watching little things change or, um, one of my kids becoming more, my husband and I were just talking this morning about how, man, we need one of my kids in particular just needs to be around friends. And she's not really able to do that very much right now. Um, and that's been such an outlet for her and it's starting to have its effect on her again now. And so my kids have felt it, I think in different stages, which as a mom, I just feel that deeply. Um, but that specific day, it was kind of like, a. I to have to say like, I don't, I don't know. And, um, this time just kind of sucks. And it's, it's a very small thing in comparison to the things that other people are dealing with. Um, but it was definitely just a moment of, this could go on for a year, this could go on for a really long time. And I think the weight of that for me specifically, is just really heavy of the not knowing, and I like to know, and I (laughs) want to have a plan with it. And to be able to say it was really great at the beginning, kind of what you're saying, Kevin of, okay, yeah, we've got this for two weeks, and then it's going to be two weeks after that, then we're going to open things back up. And but as soon as we hit that point, where it was very obvious that there wasn't going to be an exact Marker of when things were going to fully open back up was kind of the weight of it for me when it all kind of came down of, I don't feel very peaceful about this. And practicing the presence is fun. It's great. It's a good challenge. And uh, I've learned a lot from it, but I'm ready to maybe be done learning about it for a little bit. Um, Yeah, that's kind of a moment that I've had.
2: Um, Mine is maybe a little bit different than that. I don't think I've yet had one of those uh, moments where I've struggled with the immensity of the situation or really questioned where is God in this yet. Um, I say that with um, a true sense that I probably am anticipating that I'm going to feel that sooner rather than later. And I know that might sound a little bit depressing i'm probably borrowing trouble from the future but the more like i i I don't want this to sound like a downer or something but the more that um we're in this situation the more i anticipate the complexity and the difficulty only increasing rather than decreasing and i know that sounds really horrible but right now we're in this um this I mentioned it in a letter, but this kind of in-between space where something's happened, but we don't know quite yet what the ramification and impact of that will be. And because certain measures have been put in place by state, local, government, uh, even national government, um, for example, uh, nobody that I'm aware of can be evicted right now from their lease or kicked out of their uh, mortgage or whatever. Um, but they say that when that kind of mandate lifts and you're able to evict a renter that has not been paying or maybe is without a job or whatever, uh, they anticipate 24 million people being evicted in a very short period of time. Like, I, I, I can't even wrap my head around the idea of 24 million people all of a sudden in a two week stretch, all of them are evicted from their home or their apartment or the condo they're living in. That is hard to imagine. Or that when COVID kind of ends, whatever that imaginary time is, that there is a likelihood they're projecting again that but around 41 to 50% of all African American owned businesses will go under. That's devastating to think about certain areas of poverty where you have created a business and it is employing people and the resources that are coming into that business or sustaining life in that part of the city or wherever it is, to know that those opportunities are going to almost 50% of them will vanish uh, is a staggering thing that I'm looking at going, oh my goodness, I don't again, don't know what to do about that or, that over 2021, they're predicting that $1.5 trillion less will be spent in cities. Well, if your city is based on people coming in to visit, just hypothetically, and having conventions and events like HoopFest and Bloomsday, and all of those are shutting down, you're projecting that over the course of 2021, the amount of revenue the city will generate will drop dramatically, which then affects the businesses, and that drops dramatically, which then affects the paychecks of people, which then affects the housing situation. So, again, it sounds like a downer, quite a bit of a downer, but I'm less concerned about the present and more concerned about how this future looks. And it's hard, I think, for all of us, myself included, to imagine what the world will look like when we get back to some sense of a new normal. Uh, So you guys know that on a yearly basis, I've been going back to Chicago and studying the city and being there with interns. and, And every time I'm back, I always ride public transport everywhere. So take the train, take the L, take, you know, whatever, buses. It never once occurred to me in the last decade that I've been doing that, that I would ever wear a mask while I'm on a very jam-packed bus or a very crowded L train. I imagine now that likely for the rest of my life, when I'm in a highly dense urban population on public transit, that I will likely be encouraged or I will myself choose to wear a am Like, that's just a, a total pivot from the before to the after. And I'm having a hard time imagining what the new normal in a classroom will look like. You know, having taught uh, adjunct at a college, I want kids to interact and be connected to each other and you're moving around the classroom and there's a lot of group gathering. And I mean, some of that might change. And then the dynamics of how you teach change. Uh, Or what will church look like post-COVID, not just that new community, but around the nation and around the world? So those are questions that I think, when I think about the enormity of this situation, I have not been struggling with it yet, but I'm a little bit nervous that I anticipate I might.
3: It sounds like you might be struggling with it a little bit right now for the the future.
2: (laughs) Again, I haven't felt like this like overwhelming sense of oh no because all of that is kind of still suspended those people haven't been evicted there aren't i mean there may be some more people living on the streets than currently uh, or than was before but it is not just this mass overload and i just don't know if the systems are set up for it so um yes i think borrowing
0: from the future and and worrying about that New community. We hope that you have found this podcast to be incredibly <laughs> encouraging.
3: <laughs> I told you to yeah, be a downer. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Who, Kevin? What about you? You got? Yeah, I don't you even got- know
0: if I want to follow that up. Jeez, um, <laughs> I might
3: change my answer. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Um, no, I mean there have certainly been moments uh, of struggle, uh, moments of questioning. Um, I think. The, the way that I have tended to to live into my faith is those moments are kind of like those brief freak-out moments and then there needs to be a recalibration. Um, it I just have tended not to be a person that, um, that stays in those times for very long, but I can remember uh, one very specific moment sitting on uh, my front porch receiving an email from uh, the bank that manages... Um, new communities, uh, accounts, and so forth. And we didn't get that first round of the uh, PPP loan from the Fed. And uh, I I carry, um, not because anybody has placed it on me, but I I sense a strong responsibility that the finances of the church are in a healthy place. And um, as that's part of my specific uh, job description is kind of the financial side of this place and not getting that uh, was a huge blow and um, staring down a you know significant deficit and wondering, um, God, how do you how do you meet us in this? And God has always been faithful to new community financially. And uh, for that, we. We give significant praise and thanks, uh, but it's you know one of those moments where you take a deep breath and say this one might be beyond the power of the Lord, and uh, and um, realizing again that there's really not much we can do, and so you sit and you wait and um, and you diligently send emails and work to figure out uh, how do you need to course adjust and. The government released more funds, and we were in line, and our bank responded well, and and so then ultimately, a couple of weeks later, um, the the PPP loan came in, and that's a huge uh, a, a huge gift to our community uh, in the ability to give some breathing room, in the ability to just say, okay, uh, financially, we're going to be okay we can continue to move forward. Uh, we don't need to question staffing. We don't need to do any of those things. And so we can uh, kind of, again, lean into this reality and focus on caring for people, focus on doing mission, focus on uh, on the ministry at hand, rather than having to go out and raise funds and do all those those other things. So um, that was a moment for me, you know, um, that I, uh, I think I struggled with the immensity of, I don't know how this one works out. And again, like, uh god always does uh we were met and uh we have uh we have experienced provision in a in a unique way for sure
3: uh am glad you asked that question because i do think that is a important it's an important question to ask and to acknowledge as people are dealing with many different things right now and so a new community this is just a small glimpse of things that we've experienced but the point um, or the hope is that you can reflect on some of the things that you personally have experienced, um, whatever it may be.
2: I would say this. If if you're listening to this and you're struggling with something that you haven't told someone about yet, I would encourage you to share it with someone. Uh, reach out to one of us. Figure out a way to let people in on The journey that you're on because we're all in different places we're all experiencing different things and we want to be a community that continues to bear one another's burdens and supports one another and loves one another through whatever it is we're going through
3: Yep, no matter how big or small it may feel to you share it
2: yeah absolutely
3: um as we have gone through this series of practicing the presence of god kevin and russ are there people in your life who have challenged you or encouraged you by living into some of these practices specifically. And you don't have to name any names, but uh, maybe share a story or two that has challenged you or encouraged you as we have walked through this time together.
2: Now, there have been, for me, a lot of different stories that have been um, meaningful, a lot of things that people have shared that I have been encouraged by um maybe I'll toss one or two out and then you guys can jump in and then I'll share another one or two um I've been encouraged by the number of people that have had conversations with me about the ways that their family has been talking about and discussing the topic of race um racial reconciliation uh, the the equality of all people um finding ways to interact with their kids about what it really means to meet people where they're at and to love people in spite of difference. Um, I've had conversations with people that have been so encouraging about how they've had some really hard conversations with their parents uh, that are a little bit older and maybe their parents are not experiencing these topics of race and diversity, uh, maybe the ways that uh, they're experiencing it or their kids are experiencing it. And so... Uh, having conversations with mom and dad and seeing hope seeing this like changed perspective or um, you know just a new way of uh, understanding the world has been really encouraging and motivating um, for me so that would be an example i've also talked with people that have used this time to really work on some uh, personal goals that they've had in life so whether it's uh, to have more healthy practices. And so eating a certain way, exercising a certain way, uh, using those times of exercise to be times uh, or moments of connecting with God via prayer or just conversation.
0: Um, So those have been uh, really encouraging as well. I I mean, I've seen remarkable generosity uh, during this season, um, both in the kind of church side of my life, but then also in the business side of my life with, um, People really leaning into the idea that um, that we need to be for each other uh, in times of uncertainty. And uh, people that are stepping up to um, say, I, you know, my financial situation has not changed and uh, we have more than enough. And so how can I help? How can I care? for somebody maybe who, uh, has been hit financially or is, uh, in economic distress right now. And, uh, people wanting to take their stimulus checks and, uh, use them for ministry, people wanting to help, uh, cover groceries for individuals that are, uh, that have lost work. And, uh, it, it reminds me that, um, we, we really are a people, uh, That are uh, that care for the well-being of the whole, and and certainly not everybody is. But my experience has been that uh, most individuals that I'm connecting with, that I'm seeing, uh, kind of in my life right now, are genuinely concerned not just about themselves or themselves, but are genuinely concerned for those around them too, and want to step up and want to help and um, want to be people that uh, are generous and willing to give and uh, willing to care for those around them.
3: I have seen people from our community. I I think the things that I've been encouraged by are small and simple changes that people have made or which I think are sometimes the most impactful is when it's something simple. Um, But even as simple as somebody picking up a book After hearing the conversation on wonder, and somebody who maybe has has picking up a book that they would never have picked up before, and challenging themselves to say, "What does it really mean to ask questions and to wonder and look into the scriptures in a different way?" Um, Or somebody who I know in our community who has lost their job, and uh, one of the things that they have been practicing most during this time is the practicing gratitude and experiencing the presence of God through that, even though it is a really tough time for her. She has said, nope, I'm waking up every day and finding things to be thankful for. And it's been a really challenging and beautiful experience for her. Um, And again, challenging for me to hear that and to practice gratitude myself. It's encouraged me in that way. Um, Or even just seeing the ways that people in our community have practiced loving their neighbor, um, taking care of people who are sick. Quarantining when necessary, I think, has been a way that people have loved their neighbor. Um, I've heard of people doing Zoom calls over dinner with people who may not have a ton of people around them. Um, and so just Zooming them and making dinner together and being together that way. But it's all of those ways that I, have been really impactful for me just to see the way that our community has cared for one another or shown up or listened or called somebody and just sat with them as they needed somebody to talk to. Um, or supporting businesses of people in our community, things like that. So, I, it's just been, it's as hard as this time has been, it's also been a really beautiful time in watching our community live out the life of Christ and practice the presence in those ways.
2: Yeah, Julie, you mentioned a couple of things that uh, reminded me of other stories. Um, you mentioned just kind of reaching out to people who, are needing to be engaged and um caring for them and loving them with the gospel i know that there's an individual in our community who's been interacting with um just this friend that they've developed um this individual's transgender person that they are just completely loving and interacting with in beautiful ways and that person is asking a lot of questions about faith and starting to explore what it means to follow jesus and um their experience of god bef- you know before meeting this Newcom person uh, has not really been positive and yet they're very open to the idea of wondering about who god is again um and then uh, you guys are aware, but uh, one of our family members uh, contracted COVID. And so we've been in this state of lockdown in the Davis family for a little while. And just super encouraged by the number of people that are like, hey, can I swing by the, and get groceries for you since you can't get out? Or could I help out with this or help out with that? And um, so just even uh, the generosity of in, in being willing to come alongside of and encourage people in whatever state they're in uh, just continues to reinforce this idea that new community is actually a community actually loves people. Well, Um, any other thoughts before we kind of wrap this up?
0: Russ, I have one follow-up question. Um, Has that been challenging for you to be the recipient of, uh, that generosity and that thoughtfulness as somebody who has given a lot of his life to giving to others now being in a, um, quarantine time with your family and getting groceries and having people reach out to you. Has that been challenging for you?
2: Yeah. Uh, to be honest, yes. Uh, I mean, you've known me for over a decade. Um, uh, my natural tendency is to figure out how to give or to provide encouragement or care to someone else and and then it's a little more difficult for me to be on the receiving end. Uh, I think I've probably always struggled in life with that um, because I feel like I'm putting other people out or um, inconveniencing them um, and so yeah it's been good for me to have to be in that place um, also because uh, our family member was living with us and there was no real place for uh, them to go Um, it meant that our quarantine is extended. So whenever the individual is then free of all of their symptoms, so after 10 to 14 days, then our 14 days of quarantine start. So we're 20-some days into quarantine right now, and um, counting down the days until Sunday when we (laughs) will be released from the (laughs) isolated prison that it feels like we've been in, um, but yes, it, it has been a, a good, it's been good for me to have to wrestle with that. I don't always like to wrestle with it, but it's been good for me too. Uh, let me close with this. Uh, again, new community. Uh, the entire focus of this series has not been for us to go from topic to topic or to encourage you how to. Um, better practice a disciplined life or to pick up another spiritual habit that'll somehow uh, enable you to please God more with your life. You are already divinely and completely loved by God and he greets you where you're at in your journey and he welcomes you. But in the midst of it, we want to make sure that everyone in our community is growing in a capacity to know and love God more fully. And if there are ways that we can practice that collectively as a community and engage with God more, uh, we want to do that and we want to encourage you to do that. Um, So as you've been hearing this, these things that you've heard, that you've received, that you've listened to on the podcast, we encourage you to practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you, that you will experience the presence of God more fully. If there's one thing that this series, um, collectively as we've talked, if there's one thing this series has taught us, is that the church at large, and possibly even several, if not many of us in new community, uh, have realized how easy it is to become dependent on the Sunday expression of church. We talk a lot about the church being gathered on a Sunday or in a small group context, but then the church also being scattered the other six days of the week, engaging in work and vocation and community and being in the city, and that we're just as much a disciple and a disciple maker in that setting as we are in a Sunday gathering setting. However, I do think that the Church of America has become dependent on a Sunday gathering, It's become dependent on being, quote unquote, fed from the word, listening to a teaching, uh, having that revitalize or encourage us in a particular way to go out into the world and not feed ourselves maybe. Um, throughout the week and then hope that we can come back on the following Sunday and get uh, another shot of spirituality. And in some ways, this series has perhaps been a little bit more prophetic than we even imagined. As this season of COVID has dragged on and we've found ourselves um, wondering when this will come to an end, perhaps some of us are also feeling like, man, I'm losing a little bit of my faith in the midst of this. I'm losing a little bit of uh, that spiritual vitality that I had pre-COVID. And what we want to do is chase after that. Over the next several weeks, we want to really ask the question, how is it that we've become dependent on the Sunday expression of church? What is the good in that? And where is that not so helpful in our faith? And how do we get back to being a people that, regardless of the circumstances of life, are pursuing and growing in our relationship with God, and then exhibiting that relationship to the world around us in such a way that more and more disciples are being made. So over the next uh, five weeks, we're going to lean into a series called The In-Between, Uh, Hopefully you read the letter that came out recently called The In-Between, where we talked about what it looks like to be in this liminal space um, between what was and what ultimately will be. And our hope is that this will prepare us for September. We're going to be entering into a series on the prophets uh, starting at the beginning of September and allowing the prophetic voices of the prophets to speak into our situation um, at current And so next five weeks, the in-between and following that, a series on the prophets. Um, So new community, may this week be a week where you continue to practice the presence of God. And may we look forward to the ways in which we continue to grow as a community.
3: We love you a lot.
0: We love you, new community. Have a great day.
1: Hey, Newcom. I have just a few reminders for you this morning. As we wrap up our Practicing the present series, we'll be transitioning to a new, shorter series before we jump into the fall. And we want to make sure that you're informed. And the best way to do that is to sign up for In the Loop. So you can do so. Sign up for our email list on the website. It's on the homepage. There's a link there. And we send out emails twice a week on Wednesdays and Sundays with links to the Sunday Gathering updates about what's happening in the community and additional content related to the series so be sure to check that out if you're not already in the loop and secondly i just wanted to mention kidscom they have a weekly lesson that's being posted online and they're currently learning about the beatitudes with some really fun activities worship time and scripture memory verses to work on over the summer so be sure to check that out families if you haven't already
2: New Community, join me in this benediction, adapted from Julian of Norwich's A Book of Showings. New Community family, as we engage with today, let us pray together that we would live in love. Love is God's meaning. In this love, we have our beginning, and it has no end. Love spreads with God's perfect grace, into great lengths and breadths, heights and depths. All is one in love. Go forth then, in the name of God, the author of our lives, Jesus, the one who makes things right, and the Holy Spirit, who breathes with us, amen.